Hey guys, welcome to Because I Said So, the podcast where we discuss age and how it affects how we perceive ourselves, how we perceive others, and the conversations that we have because of it. Thank you for listening, and please leave a review to support the podcast. Thank you. Everybody. We have a very special guest today. Her name is Kat. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Kat McBride. I'm 15 and I know Virginia from cross country. Yes, and Kat is so, so lovely. And one of the things that we wanted to get into today was kind of talking about identity and how we define ourselves and others and kind of the correlation between all of that. So first of all, let's talk about like what defines a person because there's very concrete things like name and like friends and things like that that you can call like identifiers or hobbies but um I'll let you kind of take this one away okay I feel like from the get-go the family we're in how much money they have or where we live like that kind of thing is just the beginning as we're when we're little like we're kids and we see each other in kindergarten and it's like our favorite color or the toys we like to play with that defines us and then as we grow older I think it becomes more of a our decisions who we choose to hang out with and what our interests are but is it really such personality defining things or our interests or is it something like deeper below that like who we are inside our religion or whatever like that kind of thing Yeah, I mean, I think it is really interesting because I think when you're younger, um, I mean, just in the way our brains develop, I think that you you place people into categories just based on like, okay, what do I perceive them to be like hair color, like eye color, like race, like gender, like all of these different things. And I think it's it's interesting, like you said, to look at those layers as we grow older and as we develop more as people. But again, kind of that correspondence between the internal and the external and how like those end up relating so first of all like how do we define ourselves and kind of diving into that what are your thoughts on that okay so I think it can be different for everyone personally I define myself with my self-worth I don't say like oh I think I am this type of person I think I'm this person that deserves something so based on how I perform in my daily life and this isn't necessarily a healthy thing to do but I tend to equate my performance in school and grades and how nice I am to people even when I'm upset to who I am as a person although I do think that I should use my actual like kindness or not base my self-worth on how well I do in something. And I'm working on that, but I think currently that's how a lot of people do define themselves is how special they think they are or how much they think they deserve. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's really, really huge and touching on like that. There, um, about these like reward sensors in our brain. Like, do you feel like you deserve this reward? Do you feel like you deserve this love? Like, what do you feel like you deserve? And that kind of defining ourselves, because I feel like it's, different than what we see with other people. I think that one thing that I've learned kind of just talking it through with friends, but also like in counseling is like a lot of times we hold ourselves to higher standards than other people. And like, I would say something to somebody else and I would be like, no, it's totally fine. Like give yourself that grace. And then with myself, it's the total opposite. Like if I got this certain grade on a test and my friend did that, I would be like, okay, like that's great. Or like, if that's not what they wanted, I would be like, okay, give yourself that space, give yourself that patience but if it was me I would be down on myself and it would be a self-worth thing I would be like I am not good enough I don't deserve this 
I think it's really easy for ourselves to define ourselves based on our most recent actions instead of a collection. While with other people, we tend to see this collection that makes them a human, but we can only see that snapshot for ourselves. Right. And I also feel like with identity, it's in how we like choose to literally define the word identity. It's a very static topic. Like you can know people in your grade or in your workplace and you can put them in that category that we talked about earlier. And how likely is it that if you don't have them in your immediate friend group or people you talk to all the time, their identity towards you will change. Like the same with yourself. You can work super hard and feel really good about yourself one day, but you may still think that you deserve nothing. Identity, I feel like is something that in order to change it or change how they perceive people or themselves, like it takes a lot of work because it seems to be such a stays the same over time thing. Yeah, I agree. I think it is that like categorical thing that we were touching on earlier about our brains really love to put people into categories. And I love to try to like logic our way through it. But people, there's this really good podcast called The Pattern Problem that Miriam, our friend Miriam Reside, um, recommended to me. And it's lovely because it talks about how people just don't fit patterns. And we try to put them into patterns. I mean, like with things specifically in that podcast relating to like people who um, were put in prison and trying to determine like what they can be or what they will be when they come out of it. Like all of these things, we just don't fit patterns. But our brain tries so hard to put people into these molds. So like you said, we don't really allow them to change. But I think one thing that you touched on that was interesting is we also kind of don't allow ourselves to change either, even though we are seeing this constant change and growth. And I thought that that was really interesting. Right. Like I am constantly thinking about things I want to do in college or what I think I want to major in. And it's like for years, I've said I wanted to go into dermatology and I still do. But recently I found this interest in chemistry. But for years now, people have been like coming to me for skincare recommendations and asking that kind of thing, because I've already started studying for that since it's an interest of mine. And I'm I'm starting to realize like maybe identity isn't one thing as a person I am ever changing every day. Like there is something different about my personality, or maybe I choose to react to something a different way than I would have yesterday. And maybe that means even though we choose to put categories with people and ourselves, our identity is something that literally can change at any second or any moment. And it's something we can choose to name ourselves with, you know? I think that that is so huge. And I know um, we've talked about like this almost resistance to shifting identity. Like I know on our team, we do this kind of personality test and it's cool to see how you change over four years. But the thing is, it tends to be like when people change and they see the like personality test change, they really get uncomfortable with it. Like they're like, this is how I'm defining myself. I'm defining myself as a leader or I'm defining myself as like, just like spontaneous and seeing that I'm changing can be really uncomfortable. And I think it depends a lot on perception I think that's also like how we perceive other people um like that ties into so much of how we identify those people however we perceive them is how we identify them because we don't know their full stories but I think that it's really interesting how even with ourselves how we know our full stories and yet we still perceive ourselves this one way and are still so resistant to change but I think that it's cool like you said that you've shifted your mindset into I am constantly changing and that's okay but I still understand that resistance to like, especially with things like college being like, I don't know what, I, what, cause this is reliable. Yeah, it is. And I think that's, what's really scary is a lot of people 
find comfort in knowing I am this person and I fit in with this group of people or this group of things. And then some people are really excited to be like, yeah, I am not just one thing. I fit in every category. I'm like a lover of the universe, you know? And it's, it's interesting to say like, oh, one person finds this comforting and the other person doesn't. And I wonder how their past or their situation right now is like causing them to need that structure or the opposite of that structure. Like personally, when we did that cross country um, personality text test, I think it was like North, South, East and West. Mm-hmm. That was really scary because almost all of my answers fit one personality type. And then coach was saying like, oh, you need to have things from all of them. And it really stressed me out because that, that was how my identity was formed right then and there was like, oh, I need structure. I need to know exactly who I am and who I fit in with. And knowing that I don't have characteristics from every one of these personalities is not good, but only I define myself that way. I chose to put myself in that category. And it was like, why did I do that? Because I'm someone that needs that structure and thinks that in order to be valid, I need to have that concrete. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was, it was also really interesting because I found myself like knowing what the personality test was, um, I, I definitely, there were things that like, were, I was like, yeah, like this definitely fits me. But I also think that I wanted to fit this because I'm known as like this very, in that case, very, very East. Like I am just known for that. Like that's what I'm known for. But so I think that I was hesitant to like move anywhere else because I wanted to live up to this expectation that people had of me. It's uncomfortable Wait. Also, just even in a social setting, when people expect something from you and then like you present something different, not even in a negative way, like none of those were negative options. It wasn't like good versus bad. But I think that there's so part of us that wants to live up to this expectation. I think that part of that relates to maybe people pleasing. And that kind of goes back to what you were saying about why do some people like liked kind of this change and are fluid with it, but others are really like they need this reliability and safeness. And I think that it does relate to our past. And I think that's a good like segue into like past defining identity as well. Right. And to recap, I think that when, what we're talking about right now is yes, people that need structure, people that need to know this is who I am and other people who are really comfortable with not knowing. And I think that that can stem from parents, the school you went to, where you were living, like changing schools. It's, I think it's tons of different factors from when you were younger. And they talk about middle school and high school being huge times and identity shifts for teenagers and preteens. And that's true. Like, I completely agree because I've noticed different changes in myself in the past six years, but it makes me wonder, like maybe a kid who grew up in a family where their parents divorced or one of their parents wasn't present, like, is that going to make them need more validation and more structure because they didn't receive that at that time? Or maybe a child that was in a totally normal family, but their relationship was kind of safeguarded. Like they weren't allowed to watch R-rated movies or their parents were fit that like more helicopter parent description. Maybe they are the opposite. They don't want that. Like I need to know what I am. They want ever changing and excitement and thrill. And it's also like, why do we expect ourselves to not change or expect ourselves to change? Like, why do we have to have that identity or that identifier of ourselves? But I think my main point with that is it's not just one thing. Like we can't just equate ourselves to one thing. It needs to be based on my surroundings and where I grew up and my situation now, like my identity can be anything and it, I can't blame myself for the person I am, you know? 
Yeah, I think that's huge. And I think one thing that you touched on and that I think we both agree on is that both of us kind of need that control in our own lives. But I think that that can also relate back to the identity thing of like, why don't we want to change? Even when we do, quote unquote, want to change, we still kind of don't. We don't like to feel like that we're changing or that people's perception of us is changing. Um, and so one thing that I've I've talked to my friends about recently, because I've noticed it in myself, is I really have a strong tendency to define myself based on what other people say I am or based on what other people think of me. I have a very, very difficult time defining myself based on my own standards. And so I wanted to talk to you and ask if you've ever struggled with that or if so, because I know that you were talking about how you define yourself based on your self-worth and you're kind of more hard on yourself. Um, is that more of like just that internal struggle with yourself or do you feel like you define yourself based on what others think? What's really funny is I think I completely agree with you on that because I've also talked to friends about that. Like, I don't know if ever in school you've been given a little at the beginning of the year, a teacher will be like, choose three words that define you or like Mm -hmm. go through this little quiz to learn more about yourself. And even in the East thingy, um, when we were choosing our words that we thought A or B matched us more, I asked several people before asking myself, which one do you think is more me? Same with those little questionnaires at the beginning of school. I literally texted friends and I was like, hey, what are some words you'd use to describe me? Which kind of completely defeated the point because the point was to, what do I think words that match me were or are? And back then at the time, I was thinking like, oh, these people know me so well. But then I realized that perception and identity is by, it's subjective to everyone. I'm going to define myself. If I finally ask myself, who do I think I am? Which that's not something I usually do. Like you, I tend to base myself off of what others see of me more. Every person I am around is going to see different parts of me. Like I am a mosaic, you know? What one person sees as like structure and bright pink, or she really likes to read. Another person is gonna see someone that's like, oh, this girl loves to go hiking. And she reminds me of like buttercups. It's everyone's idea of you is different. And I feel like it's pointless almost to just base it off of what our closest friends think or the other people around us, even though it's so easy to do that because it's nice to think, oh, this is my life. This is who I am because of the people around me or because of what others think, you know, but I feel like it is totally normal to fall in that like, oh, because my best friend thinks this or because my mom is used to hearing me talk this way, like this is who I am. Yeah, well, I think that's really interesting because we also expect those people that we know so well to like know everything about us. But again, their perception is shaped through all of their experiences and all of their lives. And I think that it's really hard for us to rely on our own perspectives. I think that especially about ourselves, I think that we're constantly looking for that validation. And I think that's human. Like we are looking for this validation of like, I'm not crazy, right? Like this is how you see it too. Like this is, and so I think it's really, really interesting that you like touch on that point. And also that I feel like we're constantly trying to manipulate other people's perspectives of us in that, in the way that you said of like, they see this one part of me and like, I can have the best intentions in the world, but maybe something in their past or in their life leads them to think that like, this was bad or like this, like, and I just was trying to be kind or things like that. And it's really, really hard for us to accept that other people's perceptions of us are out of our control and that like they can perceive us however they want based on whatever they want they can just not like us for and it's terrifying like that is so scary because it feels like this validation of you're out of control like you don't have control over this situation and that is terrifying I think for a lot of us it's really terrifying for me at least (laughs) 
Yeah. And me too. And I think that maybe people with that need more structure in defining themselves are the same people that maybe think, oh, because this person doesn't like me, that means I'm doing something wrong. That means I'm mean or I'm not a good person because I've hurt this person's feelings. Whereas people that are more comfortable with themselves, that's the same as like, oh, they're strong and that they don't feel that warrior. They don't care what others think. And it's, it's not to say that either of those is good or bad. It's really cool if either one is who you are. Like if you do care more about what others think and also you don't. But it's stressful because in like in school, they're always telling you like, don't get peer pressure. Don't like if your friend's going to jump off a bridge, are you going to? And the truth is that I think most people would like if yeah, your friend is going to go to this <laughs> and you know that maybe your mom wouldn't want you to stay out that late, but she's going to let you go to the party, but you don't really want to, but you're going to go anyway because you want to support your friend. And it comes down to more of a, I care about people and I want them to think that I'm going to support them instead of putting your like, oh, this makes me uncomfortable first. Yeah. And I also just, I just think that high school is a really scary thing in itself because there's so much we just don't know. Like we can't choose how people see us, like you said, and thinking that my teacher doesn't like me because I got a grade on a test that wasn't good for me is stupid but I don't know that. Like, I think that this teacher is going to hate me because I got to be on their test when I was expecting to get an A, you know? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's scary. And that's part of the reason that like, I've really had to have like this self-reflection recently is like, I'm like, I'm obsessed with trying to control the way that everybody sees me and trying to make sure that they like me and trying to make sure that like, they understand where I was coming from. Like, it's always like, there's always like a, oh, like, let me give you the context of my life so that you understand like where it's coming from. If you, just in case you're going to interpret this thing wrong. Like, I feel like I could get somebody a present and I would something to explain like, okay, this is why like I'm doing, like, please, please don't interpret this anyway. Like it's, it's nagging, like, and it's exhausting. And I think one thing that I wanted to ask you about too, especially with identity and being in high school is social media and identity. Cause I think it's, there's a fear too of like, you see people on social media and people see you. And I think that you're afraid that like when you meet them in real life, like you won't live up to their expectations or like they won't live up to yours. Like it's, it's so weird. Cause that is this very, I mean, you hear the cliche all the time of like, that's like the highlight reel and stuff like that. But like, it's really easy because you know your full story and you know your full night. So when you post a picture from that party, you're like, oh yeah, but I know that the rest of my night like was like this so this is just one picture of me smiling laughing with friends but you see somebody else's picture laughing and smiling with friends and you take that's the only story that you have from their whole night so it's like it's weird so I wanted to go ahead and let you talk about identity and social media as well yes and I knew that was probably going to come up talking about identity and how social media plays into it but I think the biggest thing is just like everyone kind of chooses what they want for themselves and their identity, maybe not how they actually define themselves, but they have this standard of like, this is who I need to be. I feel like based on our interest, we may find this Instagram page, like this girl is a gym rat and she posts stuff of her deadlifting and like her PRs. And it always makes me really jealous. Or maybe there's a girl from school or a boy and you look at their page and you're like, man, their aesthetic is so good. Like for me, I know one thing that I do is I set this idea for myself that in order to like be a social cool person, you had to have like at least a thousand followers. No one told me that ever. 
I just had that mindset. It's still a mindset that I have, even though I know that it doesn't matter how many followers you have. And I am in no way an influencer. It still matters to me. And it's like, where did that come from? Why did I start following Bobby Ann and deciding that because all of her photos like have some hint of pink in them or all of her captions are lowercase and she uses a certain emoji? Like, why did I decide that that is the standard for social media? And I feel like all of these different people in one group from your school or from all the camps you've gone to over the years like that, you decide, hey, these all of these people need to see this side of me. And it's like, I don't know. You went to Meg's, right? Did you go to Meg's? I went to Meg's for two years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. OK, so it, that I'm place was awful. That break. was it was awful. I'm just going to say that it was really bad. <laughs> It was a bad time for a lot of people, me included. <laughs> I have a lot of, like, I would say trauma-based memories there. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> also helped build my identity right now. But in eighth grade, we read this TED Talk called The Single Story. And did you, did you guys read that? I think we did. I think we did. But basically, it was this really cool, I think she was... Um, African, I don't know which country she was from there, but it was really awesome because she talks about going to this college in America and the girl in her dorm room being like, oh, do you speak an African language? Or are you like, you're from Africa, right? What a cool country. And then the girl is like, but she only has this one single story of me here in America. Everyone thinks that Africa is like this poor rundown white savior needing place. And it's like, we do that on social media. We do that everywhere. The danger of a single story is that we want people to think and see one side of us when really we are multifaceted. Like we are all made up of a thousand different colors and things inside of us. And on social media, the danger is that you only get 10 photos. You only get 15 seconds on your story. And then in that you have to choose everything of that moment that you think people need to see. Like they need to see this clip of this song and this photo I like of me. Literally. They don't literally. get to see all of these it. Like, these like 10 seconds of lyrics, you get those. <laughs> like, it's like, I don't know. Okay, I also find myself yeah. exactly what part of the song I want them to hear. Mm-hmm. Like they need to get this lyric to this lyric. Exactly. And it's, it's really interesting too, because I think that also just think about like that duality of like perception too and what people need to see. I notice myself like when I'll, when I see two different people like, my photo or whatever that I posted, I like get anxious. Like if, if the way that like the, they, those two different people analyze it from those two different perspectives, like say my friend's parent versus like this guy at a different school. I'm like, it, I think of, I think of the ways and I try to analyze how they're going to analyze and perceive whatever I posted. Like, are they going to like it? Are they going to think this is weird? Are they going to, and it's like, why I don't care. I literally don't talk to them. They're not somebody who I, <laughs> I like know, or like, it's like, it's just really interesting because I think that we're constantly, again, trying to manipulate other people's perspectives and constantly worrying. And you can't manipulate everybody's perspective at you at once. If you're trying, like, to use that color analogy, if you're trying to only show one little tile or one little color of yourself at once to one person, one little color of yourself to somebody else, then you're just making it worse for yourself. Then you're just, by trying to fit whatever you think that they want or whatever you want them to see, then you're just making all of this anxiety and all of this like binary personality, like worse for yourself. I think that that's a really, really hard pill to swallow though. Cause 
relating back to like that people pleasing thing, you want, you want them to be happy with the person you are. You want them to think that you're cool. You want them to relate to you and to laugh with you. But if you're showing them one small, like minuscule aspect of yourself, then you're cheating yourself. You know, I heard a really good, um, kind of like metaphor from my friend that her therapist has told her actually like, you have to stop always acting like you're the one who's going in for an interview and start being the interviewer and like, do I like this person? And like for who they are. I mean, granted, it's another perception thing. They're going to show you what they want you to see. But like, I think that instead of always worrying so much about what other people are going to think of you, it can help to also be like, and how do I feel? Yeah. And I think um, another really cool thing about therapists is I go to one too. And a really cool example she was talking about with me recently, like your friend was boundaries and gatekeeping. And we were on the topic of identity because I was telling her how the idea of getting diagnosed with something and being on meds and like talking about my personal issues with my mental illness was so scary because I had this idea of myself that because of that, I was like bad, that I was not the same special person I was supposed to be because I was dealing with a mental illness. And then she was like, okay, but you are setting up this room for yourself and locking yourself in it and throwing away the key. You are setting boundaries within who you're supposed to be without making room for like, oh, I can be the same person, but there can just be a little parasite in my brain. And I was like, wait, you're totally right. Because my mental illness or what's going on in my brain doesn't define me. I define me. And I think that is literally the bottom line. As humans, we define ourselves and then make excuses by trying to go by what others think of us. Like, do you think that you define yourself? You deep down, you are the one defining yourself. You're just trying to change that definition and listening to other people. Or do you think that you actually do let other people define you and then like decide if you agree with it later on? Yeah, I think that one of the most powerful things that it's just like, a quote that I heard that's really convicted me recently too is kind of just like giving people that give people the freedom to misunderstand you is the quote and I thought that that was really really powerful because you know when we can be steadfast in our own identity and like you said we can be firm and kind of win that battle of I know who I am like I'm not going to listen to what other people say I am like I know who I am um, and we're consistent and we don't feel like we have to just show these one little colors, but we can show like our full spectrum and just be consistent in that with everybody that we're with. I think that that's the most powerful thing, because if you're just consistent in who you are and you're firm in who you are and somebody misunderstands you or somebody doesn't like you, then like I think that that's really powerful because you know that that was who you are and you were authentically yourself. And I think that that is such a good metaphor that your therapist used to of like we try to lock ourselves in. We do to like fit this one thing that we want. I mean, I think that relates to everything that we've talked about. We lock ourselves in and we don't allow room not only to change, but to grow as people. Yeah. And I also really like what you said about giving people the freedom to misunderstand you. One thing I've noticed about myself is that over the past years, I have constantly been involved in drama and I'm not talking about boy drama or girl drama. I'm just talking like I needed people to be in arguments with me because it made me feel something. And recently I realized, wow, I haven't had an argument with someone or a really dramatic, like this is weighing on me for an entire week, or I haven't spoken to this person in so long because I said something that upset them. And I think it's because 
I have stopped needing that like interaction of anger and sadness and being upset with someone. And instead I've been communicating. If someone does something to me that I don't like, I tell them about it. And I thought it was really cool because even though I'm not comfortable with myself all the time, I have been comfortable. And when someone doesn't like something that I do and they tell me, instead of equating that to me being a terrible person, I've been able to say, oh, I made a mistake and I'm still, I still matter. I'm still a good person because I recognize that I made the mistake and I didn't let them being upset with me, like define me. I just let it be something that I can grow off of, you know? I think that's huge. And I think it goes back to like, when we're able to know ourselves and know who we are, then it really helps our relationships because you it would have been really easy to get really defensive and to be like, well, you said this, so like blah, 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 type of thing. And I think that, that it's really, really beautiful to see how you've grown in yourself in that as well. And okay, like kind of wrapping it up, I wanted to know what's your biggest goal in your growth and your identity and perception of yourself? Oh boy, I'm not gonna lie. I have multiple goals for that, but I think my biggest goal is to not let my current situation at any time define who I am. That means right now in this literal minute and second that in this day, it isn't going to matter in the long term of my identity. The way my life plays out doesn't define me. Who I am inside, the decisions I make, like that is what defines me, what I want it to be. And I know that sounds really vague and really like, oh, this is just a huge idea of what identity is. But I think to break it down more, I get to choose. And no matter how long it takes me to realize like, oh, my opinion matters, it's still me. My brain and what I want for myself, like that is my defining quality, not what anyone else thinks. Not that people are trying to do that to me, but I get to say what defines me and not other people. But I do think that can take time. And I think I'm still working on that right now. And I'm going to be working on it for a while, but that's what I hope to teach other people, my kids and continue to teach myself about. No, oh, you're so beautiful. Just as a person, I, you've said like so many like, nuggets of wisdom that I wrote down, not even just for the podcast, but for myself. Like, I was like, oh my goodness, like she's going to be like my senior quote. Like, <laughs> um, but I love you so much. And I'm so grateful that you came on the podcast. Yeah. And I was giddy when you texted me about it. I was thinking like, oh my goodness, Virginia, the super cool senior with like all the so genius funny. ideas in her brain invited me to speak on her podcast. Oh, like, I'm I was oh my goodness. Dude, she's so kind. It's just really cool that someone's going to get to listen to this and like relate or change their idea on something and see that maybe identity is subjective. And I hope that anyone listening gets that message that you matter because of what you think, not what others think. Yeah. And I I hope that everybody who listens to this is empowered in knowing that you're not alone in how like you're feeling and like in all of these things. And I think it can be affirming to hear that from somebody else too. So thank you, Kat. And thank you to everybody for listening. Bye.